Get ready. It's time for Operation Late Night Excitement. Top rated late night radio. The awesomest night of all time. After dark. It's late night with Hancock and Kelly. You deserve a fun night. On King of OX. Well, hello there, John Hancock. Hey there. You know, it, it just dawned on me. We might be the only local live talk show in the St. Louis market right now. Do you think? I think. I mean, I don't know. So uh, we... I only listen to KMOX, so I have no idea right. what else is out there. But I have to assume that most of those stations are running replays or national syndication. I don't even know who those other stations are. Well, that's an excellent point. I don't even know if I would know how to turn tune into them. Well, you got the dial there, and you... Yeah, you just Twisted. mess it around. Yeah. I think, are all your uh, 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 stations preset on your um I have presets. Yeah, yes. I have presets yeah. as well. And, you know, with these new cars, they you don't have to have just an AM dial and an FM dial. You can have presets of both AM and FM on the same at the same place. Does remarkable. Yeah. Just remarkable. And so I, you know, I listen to KMOX on the FM dial. At uh, 98.7. Yeah. yeah. And it's crisp and we come in and stereo. The closer you are to downtown, it's crisp. Uh, when you get out in the it cuts out a little where, on you. where I live, uh, 1120 does just fine. A week ago, uh, I sat with you and, and uh, Tuesday morning I got up and went to Las Vegas to go see you two play at the Sphere. Yes. Which is the new building they built out in, um, in the Sphere? It's a it's Las a big uh, yeah, it's, a, it's big, a big sphere. It's a sphere. It's well, a big ball. There you go. It's a giant ball. And six 16- and they can project whatever they want. John outside and inside the giant ball. Yeah, and sixteen thousand of my closest friends and I saw you two play. Yeah, and this is a really spectacular, over the top, undescribable event uh, that I'm so grateful I got a chance to participate, and I hope others. Uh, uh, may want to go do they it. May, they may put LSD out of business, this thing, I hear. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I don't think you really needed drugs. Uh, you know, it's just so overwhelming, you know. Yes. <clears throat> what do you know about LSD? <laughs> Not much. I, I mean, I know LSD because it was referenced by so many people in music. But The Beatles. I don't even know what LSD does. Is it a hallucinogenic? Is it, it is. is it, yeah. Yes. And does it make you see colors or see I, things? I don't know what it does. Well, I mean, you just said it was going to go out of business. I thought well, you might have been speaking got, you've from got, a position you, you, of you're, understanding. You're sitting in the big ball there, and they got stuff on the screens all around you, and you said you felt like this, like like the roof was caving. Yeah, in. well, like a couple of instances it was. Uh, you have been to Epcot Center, have you not? I have. There is a ride at Epcot Center called Soren. Been on it many times. S-O-A-R-I-N. Apostrophe. Soren, yeah, apostrophe. And uh, this is Soren times 1,000. Wow. Times 1,000. Wow. And for those of you who've ridden Soren, you know what I mean. Imagine that times 1,000. Now, Soren, your little feet are dangling. Are you're you... not, your feet are not dangling right. here. Okay. So it, uh, it did no, no dangling feet. Uh, lots of references to what's going on in the world, John, and we're living in a crazy time. Uh, Bono made reference to it. Of course, the attack that took place in Hamas on Israel, the retaliation that's going on now as a result of that. Uh, the President of the United States announcing he's going to uh, Israel on Yeah, Wednesday. that's new news. That just came out uh, yeah, this evening. Interesting to me, obviously, Ukraine, very large country. Uh, I mean, you have a lot of players who probably would like to take a shot at the American president. Very close uh, when he we've just announced he's going to be in Israel on Wednesday. 
Yeah, I'm sure he'll be well protected. And, you know, I'm I'm more concerned just in terms of U.S. involvement. It looks like, you know, we've got a couple of battleships out there and then some ancillary warships around them. Yeah. Uh, in, two aircraft carriers, which is huge. Right, in the, in the Mediterranean. Yeah. And they're sitting there, you know, as a deterrent, hopefully. Um, but, you know, if you look at the history of the world, uh, World War One, America got in when one of our ships was attacked. In World War Two, America got in when Pearl Harbor was bombed. And I do have a, a slight concern that we've got these assets sitting out there in the Mediterranean. And you've got, whether it be Hamas, who is less sophisticated, or Hezbollah, who is more sophisticated, it, it just takes one attack on an American um, military apparatus, uh, and wow. Well, and God help them, if that's the case, because I just don't see uh, us employing uh, the same tactics we're asking others to do, which is, you know, have some restraint here. Right. If somebody attacks one of those aircraft carriers, it's going to be game on. And uh, unfortunately, uh, you know, we live in a world now with nuclear weapons, and most of the players in the world who are bad actors uh, and good actors have access to those weapons. Oh, scary time. It is a scary, genuinely a scary time. Yeah. And then you couple it with the fact that we continue to have the dysfunction that's going on here in America. I mean, we're fighting over what day it is, trying to figure out a Speaker of the House uh, to run our government, and that uh, that moves some yards down the field today. Yeah, a lot Jim of the Jordan uh, is the, looks like he may be getting the votes together. Maybe uh, it's uh, it's certainly a lot further along than I would have thought he would be, and he's certainly a lot further along than he was as of close of business Friday. Uh, a couple of major um, reversals from people, our own Ann Wagner, Ann now, Wagner, saying that she's encouraged that he'll be able to help fight. Sexual abuse of youngsters. Now, well, we can all know that Jim Jordan is the center of a sexual abuse of young people case. Well, it was more than that. It was uh, he committed to, to fund the government and uh, committed to participate in American support for these international events that are out there. I mean, he made some statements. He, he said enough so that Ann Wagner considered. And look, I know Ann. She's a team player and always has been. And... Um, I don't. It's not her nature to go against the grain like that. Um, she's a firm believer in in party unity. That's been her mantra as long as I've known her. And I understand uh, the well, position heck, she's she was the head here. of the RNC. Uh, she was the co-chair of the yeah. Republican National Committee. She was the chairman of the Missouri Republican Party. Yeah. So I mean, she's got a long uh, and noteworthy record of of being a team player. Uh, and that's a major that's that was a major announcement today for Jim Jordan. Now there are still a number of folks that are not on the record uh, supporting or opposing Jim Jordan, but who have said things that would indicate they would not vote for him come tomorrow. And the vote's going to be tomorrow at noon. And uh, if if he doesn't secure the uh, votes, will the, are they going to continue like the McCarthy thing and just keep voting it? And voting could and voting it? Uh, that's certainly an option um, if if it's clear that he's not going to have the votes. Although I've got to tell you, I'm surprised uh, at the number of significant folks that have come Jordan's way in the last 48 hours. Really surprised. Uh, there were 55 firm not Jordan votes uh, in the last uh, internal House caucus vote. 
And many of the most substantial of them have now come on board, including Kevin McCarthy, including Steve Scalise. Well, I, I mean, if, I just don't understand that Kevin McCarthy wasn't palatable, but Jim Jordan, maybe one of the most controversial members of the Republican, is palatable. This is this is what sells. I mean, they had a guy that, by the way, helped bring him the majority in Speaker McCarthy, weak, hobbled. Uh, but we, they had these dissidents out there, and now they're going to trade Kevin McCarthy for Jim Jordan? That doesn't seem like they're trading up. Well, they're trading, and uh, time will tell whether Jim Jordan can become uh, a leader of, of the House of Representatives. I have my doubts. But uh, if he is chosen speaker, we'll give him the benefit of the doubt and, and see what he does. But uh, these are very curious times in which we're living. There's nothing I doubt about it. It's Hancock and Kelly Late Night. We'll talk to our NFL and Sports Insider after this on the Mighty Mighty Mox. Trusted information, live and local. From the award-winning KMOX Newsroom. The National Football League. The Green Bay Packers. The Kansas City Chiefs. All of it on the gridiron. (laughs) And we are joined now by our NFL insider from Chicago, Illinois, John Hancock. John, how are you? I am doing great. I am doing great. How are you gentlemen this evening? All is well, my friend. All is well. The Kansas City Chiefs, they are 5-1, have not looked overly impressive in any of these wins. Is there reason for concern? Uh, I don't think so. I mean, you know, they haven't been as impressive as we're used to seeing them, uh, but their defense has been incredible. Uh, That's something that, you know, they haven't had in years past when they were just relying on uh, Mahomes to put up, you know, 30, 40 points a game. Their defense is one of the best in the league. I don't think there's any cause for concern. They're five and one. They just find a way to win. Um, And given Andy Reid, arguably the best coach in the league with uh, Mahomes, the best quarterback in the league. And that defense, I don't think there's any cause for concern. They're going to cakewalk into the playoffs, um, and then it comes down to who, who's going to beat them. Who's going to beat them in the AFC? Are the Dolphins going to step up? The Bills, Bengals may bounce back. Uh, I don't think there's any reason to concern for Kansas City. Yeah, that was my next question. The Bengals lost their first two games. They're now 3-3. Three and three. They were preseason picks to be strong contenders to go to the Super Bowl. Are they for real? Yeah, so Joe Burrow was dealing with a nagging uh, leg injury that he got late in the preseason. They, he probably shouldn't have been on the field those first few games. He didn't look like himself. Um, but, you know, he is back back in the saddle, kind of operating at the level we're accustomed to seeing from him. And the Bengals, I definitely think, are back. They're in a tough division, that AFC North. I mean, the Ravens 4-2 and two, looking like the team team to beat the Steelers. Mike Tomlin is a coach, always puts together a fierce team out there led by their defense. The Browns. Even I mean, they just knocked off the San Francisco 49ers. That's a tough division for Burrow and the Bengals, but they've won two in a row. I think they're back on the right track, and they're definitely going to be a threat. Uh, the only team that's beaten Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs that's in the league that's not a Tom Brady-led team who obviously is retired. Yeah, you mentioned the 49ers. They were undefeated. So were the Philadelphia Eagles. It only took six weeks before we finally uh, did away with the undefeated teams out there. Both of those teams have looked strong so far, but uh, whew, not so good this weekend. Yeah, uncharacteristic game for uh, Jalen Hurts. Three interceptions. Um, he you know forced to throw late there. 
uh, pick six. The Jets took it back, and they were able to get the upset win. I wouldn't be too concerned in Philadelphia. I think they lost both their coordinators, offensive and defensive, went on to become head coaches elsewhere in the league last year. So there's still some adjustment. Nick Sirianni, the head coach, obviously, from the Super Bowl last year. I think he he's he's got some work to do with the new staff. I, I wouldn't be too worried about the Eagles. But the 49ers, that I will say, they're lost to the Browns. So Brock Purdy, you know, mystery relevant, the last pick in the draft. He had looked very good, hadn't lost a game uh, in the regular season until yesterday. But that was one of the first times we saw him without Christian McCaffrey, without Debo Samuel. And he, he didn't look like the guy we became accustomed to uh, without those two weapons. He did leave, lead them down the field late in the fourth for the potential game-winning field goal, and the kicker missed a 41-yarder. But it was a rough game for him, only 125 yards passing. I'd be a bit concerned about him. I mean, this could be you know, it could be a bad game. It happens to every quarterback out there. But this could be the shape of things to come where you got a guy who's not, not that great, just surrounded by elite weapons at every position on the offense who might be getting exposed. Time will tell. Time will tell. Well, uh, that's, uh, there's no doubt about that. Uh, let me ask you this. Do you made some bold predictions in the past? You were the one who said that, you know, Baker Mayfield was a fraud and you, you proven to be right. Bill Belichick, are we watching his last year with the New England Patriots? We we might be, and it's that's a tough situation all around. I mean, the two two um or three weeks ago, and then two weeks ago, he had the worst and second worst loss of his career with the Patriots as a coach. They they just don't look like a like a strong team right now. Not that we've been used to seeing from Bill Belichick. The defense isn't bad, but Matt Jones, their quarterback. I mean, this is a far cry from Tom Brady. A lot of people, he took him to the playoffs his first year in the league, but he has just fallen off uh, precipitously. And he he doesn't look like he's going to be an answer uh, for any team, particularly one like the Patriots, where they have a gap of talent on the offensive side of the ball and they don't have many weapons. And you got a guy below league average, a quarterback. It's not, not a recipe for success. And again, a tough division uh, with the a- AFC East. There may not be a quarterback named Jones drafted anytime soon uh, between uh, yeah yeah between Daniel Jones and Mac Jones that's for sure at least Daniel Jones got the uh, forty million dollars a year in the offseason at least the Patriots aren't tied up with dead money uh, yet and I think fortunately for them Mac's not giving them any reason to pay him <laughs> speaking of dead money what's going on in Cleveland yeah yeah so Deshaun uh, Watson you know everyone's favorite uh, miscreant he has gotten he's got a an injury, uh, he does a shoulder injury, I believe. He doesn't want to go back out there to hurt, hurt himself. And there's a lot of disconnect. A lot of the national sources are making it seem like Deshaun is uh, kind of sitting out. He he remember got that fully guaranteed contract, unprecedented in the NFL. Got an MLB NBA type deal where every dollar he gets paid, no matter no matter what happens. I think except if he gets cut for uh, conduct reasons, uh, which obviously makes sense. But he, he's sitting out. I mean, they won with you know the backup PJ Walker last week. Deshaun, he hasn't even performed well when he has been playing. Uh, but he should be back in a couple of weeks. But we'll see. We'll see. Well, Cleveland better hope he gets in a barroom fight sometime soon because that's a that's a nasty little contract. I'll tell you who's caught my eye, John. The Houston Texans, a team yeah. that's been down, down, down for so many years, and they. They get a quarterback, a less heralded quarterback in the first round, C.J. Stroud. I think this guy might be the best of the class in this quarterback class from 2023. Yeah, certainly. And I don't know if unheralded is you know a fair word for C.J. Stroud. He came in with a lot of hype uh, from Ohio State, but he certainly has like poised. He 
looks calm, cool, and collected in the pocket, which is what we're not seeing from Bryce Young down in Carolina, who was the number one overall pick. And this is about the first time Ohio State's had a quarterback in the NFL who's looked good to start a career. I mean, Justin Fields, obviously, the Chicago Bears starting quarterback from Ohio State, has struggled, to say the least. CJ's coming in there, and D'Amico Ryans, that head coach, took a team that not many people saw doing too much this year and has, has them in the you know fringe playoff discussion particularly in the AFC South, uh, three and three, just the game behind the Jacksonville Jaguars. Well, we've got, uh, we're down to the final four in uh, major league baseball. They're playing right now in Philadelphia. They're up four to nothing. I'm pleased to see Philly on top. And I'm also pleased to see the Rangers. What say our sports insider? Yeah, it's, it's great, great playoff baseball. We, it's an interesting, um, interesting thing. We got three teams we haven't seen in a while uh, go this deep in the playoffs. Uh, the Phillies did make the World Series last year, but prior to that, 2011 was the last time they had made it. And speaking of 2011, the Rangers have made much noise since we saw them in St. Louis, and David Fries sent them home for a long winter. So it's nice to see some teams that have been down on their luck get back in there. And then the Arizona Diamondbacks, of course, other team in the NL. Uh, and then we got the big, bad Houston Astros on the opposite side of the coin. They, you know, I think, six straight ALCS championships they've been in. And how awesome is it that we have Dusty Baker versus Bruce Bochy in the ALCS managing I, against each other? Yeah. No kidding. Old school managers throw out the uh, analytics and get on with it. Uh, our friend Jordan Montgomery, he's probably put another $25, $30 million in his net worth with this postseason. Yeah, absolutely. He threw a gem out there in game one, six and a third. Uh, scoreless. He he looked he looked sharp. And the Yankees remember when they traded him for Harrison Bader to the Cardinals. It was because you know Cashman in the front office over there didn't think he was a postseason pitcher. And the Yankees are watching him put on a show. And he he's going to go out and earn a big contract this offseason, and deservedly so. And it's always great seeing uh, seeing a Cardinal do well once they leave, particularly when you know they weren't going to be able to be in a position to do anything in the postseason with us this year so i like seeing monte get up there and shove and hopefully he can do it all the way and bring a uh, title down to dallas arlington what do you think the odds of jordan montgomery signing with the cardinals in the offseason are uh, i would love it i uh, probably low odds but i would love it and we need it there you go all right so you're in the windy city uh, anything uh, new the chicago bears had their appetites wetted a week ago and then Came up a little short. I guess uh, Justin Fields ended up getting injured. What's the what's the scuttlebutt in the Windy City? Yeah, so uh, the scuttlebutt up here is the, a lot of optimism following that win a couple weeks ago. Then back to reality. Uh, disappointing loss to the to the Vikings and Justin Fields left that game hurt with a hand injury. Um, so we'll see what happens there. But you know they're optimistic in Chicago, not for this season, but they're slated right now to have the top two picks in next year's NFL draft. Because uh, they have the Carolina Panthers, the last team, or the only winless team remaining in the league. Uh, they have their pick, so they're slated for one and two. And, you know, even Chicago might be able to do something with that. Marvin Harrison Jr., remember Marvin Harrison oh, Sr. with the Colts and Peyton Manning? Yeah, Harrison Jr., his kid, is on Ohio State, and he is one of the top receiving prospects that, that we're seeing coming to the league. There's talk about pairing him with Caleb Williams, the quarterback out of USC, for a dynamic Dynamic one-two punch on the offense, but you know the Bears without an offensive line, what is that? What is that really going to get you? Well, it happens all the time when the son of a champion exceeds his own father. It happens all the time in the sports world and elsewhere. Your uh, travels this week are taking you to the uh, city of Detroit, Michigan, and you're uh, going into the home of the Detroit Lions. I think this team might be for real. 
Yeah, yeah, five and one. Jared Goff, I'll tell you what. I mean, a lot of people wrote him off once Sean McVay kicked him out of L.A. with the Rams, but he's looked like a very, very strong, capable quarterback, and they fixed that defense. Last year, the offense was still looking good, but their defense was Swiss cheese. People were just running right through him, throwing right over him. They got a stout defense and a very, very strong offense. They got a lead in the NFC North. There's a chance with the Niners and and Eagles losing that they can possibly get the one seed and get the buy in the playoffs. And that would be, that would be cool to see. We were just talking about it in baseball teams that haven't been in the postseason mix much getting a chance in Detroit would be a great story for the league and uh, great for the people of Detroit. What's an insider do on Sundays? Where do you watch the games? Do you have the ticket or do you, no, do you the, go watch it amongst the commoners? No. So college football is where I go watch it amongst the commoners. You know, you get the, you get the, the people around you, you get some drinks in. it's all business on Sunday for the insider. Michael, I got my notepads out. I got the NFL <laughs> Sunday ticket, the quad box thrown up. I got yeah. Chris Hansen in red zone, uh, Scott Hansen, excuse me, not Chris Hansen yeah. on red zone queued up on the second TV. So I'm watching everything. I'm scouting everything. And Sunday ticket is the only way you can really yeah. watch these. Okay. Games. So I have the ticket too, but here's what angers me about the ticket. So, for instance, this weekend I couldn't watch the game that was on on the ticket because they want me to watch it on my regular television. So yeah, now, well, that's, that's why you, that's why you got to have two televisions. Right I know. Next so to now I'm flipping back and forth between, you know, the NFL man. They know how to get that money out of you, but uh, wow, I just wish they'd make it a little easier to watch their product. Two televisions. Absolutely. You got two yeah. televisions going, huh? Yeah. Two how much? How much money are you making up there? Uh, you know, we're not doing too bad. And I'll tell you what, the good thing about being an insider is I am red hot seeing the board this year when it comes to when it comes to the NFL. That's the truth, isn't it? <laughs> well, he is our NFL and sports insider. He joins us every Monday night when we're here on the Voice of St. Louis. John Hancock, have yourself a good week. All right. Take care. See you next week. When we come back, the women. They're taking over baseball. Well, and I like it. I do too. And well, that's next on Cable X. Now, back to Late Night with Hancock and Kelly. I love it at night. On King of OX. It is Late Night with Hancock and Kelly. We'll be with you all the way till 10 o'clock. We've got a couple of uh, hours of entertainment for you. Don't forget, you can see us hear us Friday morning right here from 8.30-something till 11. For Hancock and Kelly for our regular gig. And, John, speaking of a regular gig... You think about baseball managers and coaches inside of baseball. Yeah. You think about a bunch of guys, right? You do. That's changing. We've been talking about a story inside the Marlins front office, the general manager being a female. Now there's discussion about a female being the manager of a major league baseball team. I think this is awesome. Yeah, Alyssa Nakin was um, a coach for the San Francisco Giants. And uh, trying to think of the manager that got fired, uh Gabe Kapler. Yeah, Gabe Gabe Kapler. Thank you very much, Peach. And uh, Gabe Kapler gets the axe after the year. And Alyssa Nakin got interviewed by the San Francisco Giants and could be the first female manager in Major League Baseball. I, I have no problem with it. Well, why would there be a problem with it? It's awesome to see women breaking into uh, becoming a manager. I don't know if you saw watch much football this past week. Uh, but on Sundays, the the amount of women now that are um, officiating, officiating, it's awesome. I mean, it, it, I can remember the first time I saw a, a woman officiating. It was you know like a unicorn. Oh my gosh, what's going on there? And now it seems like it's in every game. And you know, Alyssa, from everything I see, is as informed about baseball as anybody. Surely knows more than 
most of the men out there, and uh, if she could maybe do it out there in San Francisco, what better place for her to get it? Well, it's interesting because, you know, a a lot of them, we we had gone through a phase in Major League Baseball, and in really most of baseball's history, the players, uh, the managers had been former players, uh, folks who played in the Major Leagues. You think about a Billy Martin who played for the Yankees, Um, even Tony La Russa, had a short career with the Oakland A's, but he played in Major League Baseball. Um, you know, Walter Alston, I think, played one game with the St. Louis Cardinals, and that was the sum and substance of his Major League career. But most of the managers in baseball historically had been uh, players. Casey Stengel, Leo DeRocher, you can go on and on. And baseball kind of entered a new, new phase within the last decade or two, and so you've got a guy like uh, Brian Snitker, in Atlanta, never played in the big leagues, but he was an organizational guy. He began coaching in the minor leagues, and he eventually became a minor league manager and moved up the system, and now he's he's the manager of the Atlanta Braves and a very successful one. Uh, here in St. Louis, Mike Schilt never played major league or minor league baseball, but he grew up around it and learned the game, became a manager and a coach, and eventually he was the manager of the year in the National League uh, just a few years ago. So it's it's more common now than it's ever been for these folks that have not been major league players to take over and manage ball clubs, and Alyssa Nakin might be uh, somebody that could slide into that role. A whole lot of a manager's job, aside from filling out the lineup cards every day, uh, is is managing the expectations in the clubhouse, uh, media, be, and and dealing with the media. And uh, but but really, it's it's keeping that 25, 26 man roster all pulling in the same direction and the egos and all of that. And, and that's really the the art of managing big league baseball. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. And uh, I think a woman could do that as well as any man. That's for doggone sure. And then we have proof of concept as it relates to general managers. Yeah. The Marlins general manager, who, by the way, just parted ways with them. They were going to bring somebody in over the top of her after she took them to the playoffs for the first time in a legit season. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Kim uh, Ng, uh, yeah. the general manager of the Marlins, and and she built a ball club there and really kind of took them um, to the playoffs for the first time in a very long time. And and then all of a sudden she gets demoted in in essence and she said nah I'm not going to do that and she walked away she'll be hired somebody else is going to take a flyer on Kim Ng I mean she she put together quite a ball club there in Miami yeah, and in a very very tough division yeah probably the toughest division in all of baseball you know and I don't know but the Marlins they just I don't know they've never seemed to put it together they share that complex down there in Jupiter with the Cardinals yep. so we get the be exposed to them a little bit. Uh, obviously, it's Miami. They don't draw <clears throat> the way that a lot of the northern teams do because, well, it's Miami. There's plenty of other things to do Yeah. Uh, than just go sit at the ballpark. Uh, then they had that goofy ballpark they built for a while. Remember they had the, the stuff out in the outfield? The artwork. They yeah. had a little artwork out there in center field. They had that cup of coffee with, what, Derek Jeter was there for yeah. a while, and he moved on. I just That's a poorly, as you, I think, said earlier to – Matt Pauley, it's just a poorly run organization. And has reminds been, me of the New York Jets to a certain extent. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the Marlins have been poorly run as long as I can remember. They won the World Series in 1997 and immediately dismantled the team. And then they won the World Series again, I want to say, in 2003 and immediately dismantled the team. It's just not been a well-run 
operation, and here they are making the playoffs, and they, in essence, get rid of their general manager. Who else is out there that's just always been a poorly run team? The New York Jets come to mind as somebody who just, they've never been able to put it together. The Marlins, I mean, the Marlins have won the World Series. Twice. Uh, but, I mean, the Jets haven't been relevant since Joe Namath was there. Well, they had a, they had a few good years and then some good teams, but you're right. I mean, they've, they've not been good, and they were, I think, primed for success this year. Uh, they bring in Aaron Rodgers. He gets hurt on the fourth snap of the season, and, and now, but they their defense is is very yeah. good. And uh, well, shoot, uh, they beat the Philadelphia Eagles yesterday. So yeah, um, they did. That's a that's a good that's a good football club over there. There is no doubt about that. Well, it's Hancock and Kelly late night. We are going to be with you till ten o'clock. Then what comes on after us, PJ? We got the best of uh, Glover. The best of the Dave Glover show. By the way, I saw that Glover's been on the radio for... 20-some years. 20-some years. Yeah. Yeah, that's a long time to be well, on the radio. It is a long well, How long have we been on the radio? Uh, 15, something like that. Yeah? Yeah. I wonder if they'll have a celebration for us. Maybe they bring won't. in a cake. No, they're not going to happen. Celebrate with us? Not going to happen. Hey, we're going to step aside. When we get back, we're going to visit with our regular guest. It's Braxton Payne. We'll take you all the way to the news. And then you're going to want to stick around at 9 o'clock because we're going to have another riveting interview with Maria Kina. Yeah, it doesn't get any better than that. At it? all. Right here, KMOX. Nearly a century of informing, entertaining, and serving St. Louis. KMOX. We go to Braxton Payne, the king of pain. He talks to us about what's trending, and uh, we haven't been with Braxton since we've been come back after the baseball uh, is ended here in St. Louis, Braxton, when most of our listeners may remember you're a new father. How old is young Gia now? She is eight months old. Oh. Now, does that mean she's starting to crawl and walk and stand up she and that kind walk. of stuff? She's not walking, but uh, she's. Uh, we like to call. She does a nice little scoot around the living room. Uh-huh. Not quite crawling yet, but we're. Uh-huh. I think we're about. To, uh, we're on borrowed time uh, with her being in one position. That's for sure. And what happens? Like, I'm sorry, I don't have any kids. So when do the the, the teeth started to come in? Oh, that yeah. kind of stuff. So the teeth can come in any time, pretty much between five months to a year. She has no teeth yet, oh, so wow. we haven't gone through the teething stage. Um, which I don't think anyone that is a parent ever looks forward to particularly. I've seen a couple of dogs go through the teasing phase. They can can ruin furniture. It's rough, man. They just start gnawing on stuff. Yeah, and then they have hurt legs and have to have tens of thousands of dollars in surgery. Thank you, Braxton. Yeah, well, uh, (laughs) whose dog would have those issues? So, Braxton, what's trending out there, my friend? Yeah, so a couple options, as we normally would do. It's been a long time. So we have uh, volleyball. Ticket sales and fall TV. Well, we got to start with ticket sales. Okay. What's trending with ticket sales? So, um, as you may know, uh, St. Louis City is heading to uh, the playoffs uh, here. Coming up in about two weeks, their first game that's speculated. uh, uh, It could be any day um, between, like, October 29th and November 1st. Uh, Ticket sales went on sale to uh, City Plus members, which are part of the club where you get pre-sales before everyone else and season ticket holders as well. And one of the things that I noticed, I went on there today, you know, the, the ticket sales are a little bit more than obviously the regular season. How much you know, are these things going for, Braxton? Yeah, so they're ranging from about 
the regular season, right? They're ranging from about thirty-five dollars to you know four hundred dollars. Nice. Whoa, whoa! The cheapest, the cheapest ticket to get two together today on SeatGeek, which is the platform they use, is two hundred and ninety-four dollars. Is the two per ticket? Fees per ticket for for one ticket? Two hundred ninety. Let me just do a little math here. So if you're taking two people to the game, that's a two hundred. Almost six hundred bucks. A, it's almost six hundred dollars. And I was just thinking, you know, I went to a concert over the weekend, and and the the ticket that I bought, you know, I bought it online. It was on Ticketmaster. It was forty three dollars. Yeah. And I go, you know, click through to get to the final page. Yeah. And it is seventy two dollars. So thirty dollars in fees, almost as much as the entire ticket. That should be a. And I just can't believe how expensive. Not only, I mean, tickets are expensive, one thing, but the service fees are just. Through the roof. Well, there needs to be a law against that. You can't be well, ripping people be a off. Law I agree. It. It's ridiculous. What's the price? Tell me what the price it, is, and, I, and I'll, I'll pay, pay it, it or I won't. But yeah, but don't don't, don't. tell me it's fifty bucks and tell then put it. on thirty more and nonsense. Yeah, per ticket. What I don't get is is I'm the service angry. fee. It goes by how much the ticket is. So let's say the ticket's a dollar. The service fee's four cents. If the ticket's two dollars, it's eight cents. They're doing the same service. So why is the fee more for a more expensive ticket when it's the same exact service that they're providing? And what's the service really? I mean, what 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 is so expensive about what they're doing for you? Why don't they just put that in the cost of the ticket? I agree. The yeah. the the ticket issuer ought to be yeah. you know paying this off is, the back this end. This is something that they are trying to address in Congress, right? Isn't this called the Taylor Swift law? Yeah, this is something that they're trying to address, especially on the secondary markets. One of the things that a lot of these ticket providers do is if you own the tickets, you have the tickets, you put them on on that platform to sell, they charge you a service fee to do so. So let's say it's a $100 ticket, they're charging you 30 bucks, And then they're also charging whoever you sell it to another 30 bucks, And not to mention the service fee that you paid when you paid for the that's ticket. So they're triple dipping. Yeah, wow. Cases. Now, Braxton, you're too, young, you're too young to remember this because I think scalping has been legal your whole life. But, John, do you remember when we used to go to the ball games when we were little, being a scalper was illegal. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. So it was always a hush-hush thing, you know, if you were looking for tickets. Well, and, and half of the tickets were, were counterfeit. Too. Right. And, and you know, people would go out and buy tickets. The cops would always bust people. <laughs> remember when we had cops? Uh, and they would arrest people for uh you know, scalping tickets and stuff. That was uh, that was crazy times. Guess we don't have that anymore. So two hundred ninety four dollars a ticket. How many does that place seat, Braxton? Uh, we're about eighteen thousand. Eighteen thousand. Let's do a little math here. So you got eighteen thousand. No, it's twenty two thousand five hundred. Oh, okay, twenty two thousand five hundred. The the worst team on the other side of the state, actually not even the, in Kansas, only has eighteen thousand on their stadium. Uh huh. So that's a lot of money, according to my calculations. Hmm. Yes. Wow. All right. Let's go into what else is trending. Well, wait a minute. Now yeah, we, uh, we're on the soccer team here. Well, they, he already told us that they're the gonna going to finish in first place, right? Yeah. Uh, is uh, the yes, season over? Already clinched first place, and we'll have home field uh, throughout advantage, for lack of a better term, throughout the course, unless we, unless we make it to the MLS Cup, and if Cincinnati and the other division makes it as well, we would play that the MLS Cup game in mid-November. Uh, in Cincinnati. How many rounds of playoffs are there on this deal? So there is four if you include the finals. So there will, this first round is the best out of three, and then the next two will be single games. Uh, and we will host those single games, oh. and if you lose, you're done. And then the championship is one and done? Is one and done, yep. 
That's interesting. So the first round is more games than the sub. That's that's unlike any other sport. Yeah, exactly. And 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 they, this they've changed. MLS has changed their playoff format. I don't know how, probably five to ten times since I've been following the league over the past ten years or so. Uh, and obviously, as as they get you know better television ratings and. They want the more games. They've expanded the playoffs. They're getting more teams. Uh, so, that, you know, obviously our culture, and unlike in any other soccer league, we have playoffs. There's in every other soccer league throughout the entire world, there are no playoffs. Who wins the regular season wins the entire thing. Wow. wow. All right, so tell us about volleyball. They're not selling tickets for 270 bucks over there, are they? <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think it has a market for that. Uh, no, so I uh, one of the things I do on the side um, – is IREF High School Volleyball, and that starts this week, and uh, the playoffs start this week. And one of the things that I thought was interesting, so this kind of goes in with the ticket sales, I was looking, you know, you know how much they're charging to get into games. Now, obviously, if I'm an official, I go in for free. Um, you know, used to be, you know, it would be a dollar or two dollars just to go to a playoff game for your own, you know, daughter, which would be this season is already up to uh, $7 for the first round. And if you want to go to the state championship, they're up to $20 for a ticket to just watch that. I'm I'm paying. So if I'm in a public school, I'm paying taxes on my house to send my kid to the school. If I'm in a private school, I'm paying a lot of money. Then now they're going to charge me to go watch the kid play volleyball? Yes. And a lot of the reasons that these athletic departments are doing it is, you know, most things, and a school district, especially a public school district, the things that get cut first are the arts and sports. And so their justification for a lot of these things are that, you know, they need money for uniforms, for the travel, for those things, which I understand. Um, but if you are a parent or even, you know, let's say you have a 17-year-old in high school and a 12-year-old that wants to go watch their older brother or sister play, you're having to pay for them too. It could be a nice little forty dollar outing. And not to mention the the popcorn sales and all the other stuff you have to do when you got kids playing sports. That's uh, wow, they they get you coming and going, man. That's all I can tell you. Fall TV, Brax. We've just got a few a couple of minutes left here. Yeah. So fall TV. So this time last year, I was looking back through some old notes. You know, trying you figured out what some things that were trending last last time during this this time last year. We actually went through. Uh, the fall TV schedule and the, and the great things that are going to be on fall on the network television and what's coming up. As you know, with the writer's strike and the actor's strike still going on, it looks like we're going to have no fall television Whoa. that is going to be uh, pretty much new or that wasn't filmed before the strike. So most of the networks are transitioning to a lot of reality television. Yeah. And I think this is one of the things that's going to hurt the networks. If you look at last in 2022, uh, the top 30 programs uh, or shows that were watched uh, in the United States, uh, 27, of them, 27 of them were NFL games. Yep. One was a college football game and two were NBA games. Wow. Uh, or, and then one was the Oscars. So as, as the NFL continues to grow, grow, thanks to Taylor Swift, I think one of the things <laughs> you're going to see is you're going to see the NFL continue to have more and more uh, interest from not only the traditional audience, traditional male audience, but also the female audience, as there's nothing else on the television. You know, this, coming this whole reality TV thing that we're living through for the last couple of decades is kind of infected every aspect of our lives, including our politics. I mean, it's it's everywhere. 
Well, and it's it's sensational. So you want you want not only you know reality television. A lot of times, you know, back in when it first started with the real world, it was you know people going out drinking and partying, and it, there wasn't so much of the drama. It was just the you know looking being a voyeur into other people's lives. Now reality television is focused on how can we get the best conflict out of XYZ people, and you're seeing that not only. And, you know, dating shows like The Bachelor, but you're seeing it and even like, you know, Big Brother and all those things you're you're, they're looking and the producers are looking for the conflict, which obviously puts eyeballs on the television. And that is Braxton Payne with what's trending when we come back. Maria Keenan, X the News on KMOX. Love that guy.